You are tuning in to Amazing Discoveries in Bible Prophecy. Join us for this weekly, thought-provoking Bible prophecy series that gives hope in the midst of a troubled world. Discover how prophecy provides meaning, purpose, and life-changing truths that is guaranteed to transform your life. This is a pre-recorded, interactive Bible study, and we welcome you to join in and listen in. So we're going to take a look at the study guide calling, called the Proving the Prophets. Um, it gives an introduction story in our lesson about uh, King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat. Both of these kings, King Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. Uh, king uh, Ahab, of course, was king of Israel. And so they had two uh, separate kings for these uh, two areas in um, at uh, these two kingdoms at the time and they were trying to be in league with one another and to join forces against a common enemy and uh, king ahab of course he was uh, not a follower of god he's a follower of the pagan god baal and um, he hired 400 prophets to come before the two kings both king ahab and jehoshaphat and these false prophets said, go and fight the Syrians and you'll be victorious. But King Jehoshaphat wanted to hear from a true prophet of God. And Ahab said that there's only one prophet of Jehovah left. His name was Micaiah. But King Ahab hated him because he says, he doesn't prophesy good things about me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat insisted that they get a prophet of Jehovah. And so they summoned Micaiah before them and the brave prophet unwaveringly made a very unpopular prediction. He told Ahab that he would die in the battle in Syria. And now Ahab faced a very tough decision. Uh, would he believe the 400 false prophets who are saying nice things or one lone prophet of the Lord? And we see that uh, Jehoshaphat and Ahab, uh, they both decided to go into war against the Syrians anyway. But Ahab learned that by disregarding the word of God, it could be detrimental. It was so detrimental, in fact, that during the battle, a stray arrow flew through the air and struck Ahab in the joints of his armor, and Ahab bled to death in his chariot. And so this is why it's very important for us to take heed to what Jesus said. He said, in the last days, there will be many false prophets. And that's why we need to know how to distinguish the true prophets from the counterfeit. And knowing this is a matter of life or death. And so we really want to know this. So let's take a look at our first question for tonight. Um, it's uh, found, our first question. I wanted to invite you to look at Amos chapter 3, verse 7. And uh, this is the text that's going to answer this question. To whom does the Lord reveal his final plans? To whom does God reveal his final plans? And we see Amos 3, 7 uh, gives us something that the Lord does. Um, and so this is something for us to take note. It's a very important point for us to realize. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. And uh, Jeff, would you mind reading that for us? Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Okay, I'm getting there. 
Alright, no problem. One zero four seven. Thomas chapter okay, chapter three, verse seven. Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. That's right. So it says, surely the Lord will do nothing uh, before he does anything. He reveals his servants to his secret to his servants, the prophets. Right. So God always has someone to share a very important present truth message that is necessary for people to hear and to take heed to before God does what he allows to come to pass. And so we see that this was a case with Noah. When Noah was uh, there building the ark, he was telling people about the coming flood. Uh, God appointed Noah to share that message to the, to the antediluvian world. And of course, we see John the Baptist. He was sent before Jesus arrived on the scene to prepare the, the way of the Lord. And so God, the pattern that God always has is that before something big is about to take place, something uh, like a huge event that is about to take place or transpire, God sends his servants, the prophets, he reveals it to them and they in turn are to reveal it to the people so that they too can be prepared. And so it's very important for us to note that, especially as we're living in these last days and we're living in the book of Revelation, which talks about prophecy. There's a lot of prophecy there. And I believe that those things are there for us to benefit from and to prepare for what is going to come. And God reveals that to us. So question number two, will there be both true and false prophets in the last days? Matthew 24, 11. Um, let's take a look there. Matthew 24, verse 11. And Walt, if you wouldn't mind reading that for us. Matthew 24, verse 11. Sure. Um, hold on a sec. Um, this is in red, so Jesus said this. Yes. And and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. That's right. So it says many, what kind of prophets? False. False prophets. Uh, yep. That's right. So, so Jesus is making a distinction here. He's saying that there's not, not all prophets are, are bad, but he's specifically mentioning the false prophets. And he's saying that the false prophets in the last days will deceive many and so we really need to discern it's really important for us to discern which is true and which is false uh, in regards to prophets um, acts 2 17 um, i'll read this one it says and it shall come to pass in the last days saith god i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and so we see that Acts chapter 2, verse 7 is a very important text because it says that what will come to pass in the last days, notice he mentions last days, we're living in the last days, hello, that's speaking of our time, it says God will pour out my, his spirit upon all flesh and sons and daughters shall prophesy. So this is an example uh, of a great manifestation of, this, of the power of the Holy Spirit being poured upon people in the last days and when they're when the holy spirit's poured out they will prophesy so this is a manifestation of true prophets 
there'll be uh, prophets of the last days who will be prophesying. And so there's going to be a, a distinction between the true and the false. And so there'll be both of them in the end time. Uh, scriptures also teach that the spirit of prophecy, that prophets can either be um, men or women. So uh, that's something that we want to keep in mind of when it says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Question number three, what types of false prophets are specifically condemned in the Bible? And we see in uh, Deuteronomy 18, verse 10. And if we could read that, uh, I'll have Jeff, if you could read that for us, Jeff. Deuteronomy 18, verse 10. What types of false prophets are, does the Bible condemn specifically? And so let's take a look at some of the things that are mentioned in this text. And I believe that many people are familiar with these uh, these types of um, people practicing these things. Deuteronomy 18. Okay. <clears throat> there shall be not found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. For one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer. Wow. So what do you see some of the things mentioned there in that text? We see um, fortune tellers are mentioned. Uh -huh. um, observer of times. That's another uh, description of an astrologer. Okay. Uh, uh -huh. Enchanter, um, magician, a witch. Uh, witches are female psychics. Uh, a charmer. A person who casts spells or charms, uh, those who consult with familiar spirits. Uh, these are spirit mediums. Uh, they talk about, uh, they mention wizard um, and also a necromancer, uh, one who claims to consult with the dead. So we see that Deuteronomy 18, 10, and 19 through 12 says, All that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. For this reason, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we should have nothing to do with these sort of things. Uh, we shouldn't get curious about um, our horoscopes or, or getting, read, getting our palms read at the, the, the palm reading place. Um, these are ways for, uh, and avenues where the devil can actually uh, have access to you when you open yourself up and you're being receptive to these things. Um, as Christians, how can light and darkness darkness mix? Yeah, they they both cannot be. We we are either children of the light, or the children of darkness. Uh, as Christians, we should by no means have anything to do with these things. Um, it is of the is of the enemy, and we want to be very cautious about uh, entertaining such things. And um, let's take a look at. The, the spirit of prophecy in the end time. Well, God's end time church in the last days, will God's end time church have the gift of prophecy? And so let's take a look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. Will God's end time church have the gift of prophecy? We go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. And... Um, so, yeah, uh, Walt is asking, so is astrology a sin? Um, yeah, because astrology is something that is connected to these mediums where these people 
you know, astrology is like they're, they're looking at the movement of the stars and they believe that the, the stars, those heavenly bodies are, are people that have died and they have become, you know, um, part of the universe or they they become stars or they are, are part of that so that we can kind of track that they believe that you can kind of track the movements of the stars to kind of uh, decipher the future and uh, your, your, your future and your, your well-being. Um, that's something that is not of God, right? Uh, we, we know very clearly that we're supposed to turn to the Bible. We're supposed to turn to God, uh, not to these things that will supposedly give us insight into mysteries unknown. Um, God is the one that we should seek after. He's the source of all wisdom. Astrology is just a second-rate um, form of supposed knowledge that people want to tap into. But the ultimate wisdom that we can get is from God. Uh, we, like the text that Jeff read earlier is that uh, God reveals his secrets to his servants. And so God has everything to reveal to us that's good for us and also things that we need to watch out for and, and warnings um, and all that, that alike. And we see that you know, in the last days, you know, spiritualism, we see, um, you know, you know, these unclean spirits working behind the scenes are going to be more and more uh, frequent and more manifested in the last days. So we, we, do, we don't want to dabble in those things. Uh, but that opens up the avenues for Satan to gain access to our lives. And so um, I would strongly discourage that um, and just turn to the Lord. The Lord has all the wisdom we need <laughs> and, and Satan has nothing on the Lord. And so we, wanna, we, we don't want to go to a second rate power. We want to go to the ultimate power, which is God. But let's go back to Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. It says, and the, drag and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Now we know what the dragon is. The dragon represents who? Dragon represents who? You can write in your chat or just state it out loud. Who does the dragon represent? It's Satan, right? Dragon represents Satan. Uh, the woman, he's wroth at the woman. The woman in Bible prophecy represents a church. And so we see that the dragon is making war on the church, but specifically with the remnant of her seed. The remnant of her seed are those who uh, follow her uh, generations later, which represents in our time, us. Uh, we are, we, if we are followers of God, followers of uh, the commandments of God, uh, we are counted as the remnant of that um, first apostolic church. And uh, it says they have the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus. These are the two characteristics that identify clearly this end time remnant church in Revelation. And so she keeps the commandments of God, including the fourth commandment dealing with the Sabbath. So she keeps all 10 commandments, this church, the true church. And we see also that it has a testimony of Jesus. So the testimony of Jesus, what is that? We know what the commandments of God are, but what is the testimony of Jesus? Now, some people will just kind of say, oh, you know, that's, the, that's Jesus' testimony. Oh, that's uh, you know, Jesus' life. You know, uh, that example he set forth for us. But 
although those may be good, reliable answers, we want to get the answer straight from the Bible. Does the Bible give us a definition specifically to the testimony of Jesus? Yes, it does. We go to Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. And I'm going to have Walt read this for us. Walt, would you mind reading Revelation 19, 10 uh, to give us the answer to what is the testimony of Jesus? Yep, I just need to get there. That's fine. At this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Ah, uh, very good. So we see here the angels telling John here, he says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Interesting. So the definition of the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So go back to Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, where it talks about the dragon waging war against the woman, the true church, and her the remnant of her seed. They keep the commandments of God. They keep all 10 commandments, including the Sabbath. And they have the testimony of Jesus, which means that they have the spirit of prophecy. So there's a remnant church in the last days that keeps all the commandments of God. And also, in addition to that, they have the spirit of prophecy. And so that's a very clear identifier that we need to look out for. Which church has both of these attributes? And we really need to know that so that we know that we are in the last day remnant church of the book of Revelation. So we learned in a lesson uh, earlier that God's end time church has the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Um, we see that John identifies uh, or the angel uh, identifies to John his, his brethren that have the spirit of prophecy as the prophets, which keep the sayings of this book. That's found in Revelation 22, verse 9. You can look that up. In 1 Corinthians 1, 5 through 8, Paul writes that the church will have the testimony of Jesus and will come behind in no gift until Jesus' second coming. So the Holy Spirit is involved in giving gifts to the church so that they will be equipped for the work that is needed to be done until Jesus comes. So God's last day church will indeed have the gift of prophecy. So now... As we got the big picture, let's see in what ways does God speak to a true prophet? So what are the many, many different ways that God speaks to a true prophet? Uh, let's take a look at Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 and 8. This is speaking of uh, Moses, but uh, God speaks of a principle of how he communicates a true prophet. So let's take a look at Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 and 8. So we'll just read uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 and 8. Uh, 
Jeff, would you read that for us, please? 12, 6, and 8. Okay. All right. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Okay, so let's take a look at the various ways that God speaks to a true prophet based on what we just read here. Uh, how does God communicate uh, to a true prophet? Here, he talks to them. He speaks to them, right? Yep. Mouth to mouth, right? So uh, it, audible dialogue that he has with the prophet, absolutely. What other ways? Um, vision. In a vision, right? In a vision. So uh, a vision is something that they will see uh, manifested, just like John in the book of Revelation saw many things and he wrote about what he saw. Um, and what else? A dream. In a dream. That's right. So we see an example of this with Daniel. Daniel had a night vision, which was a dream, in other words. And so we see that, uh, you know, people will be even, either God communicates through them through dreams or visions or face-to-face, uh, mouth-to-mouth. Uh, -mouth. And so we see in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about how uh, an angel talked to Zechariah and he woke him as a man that is wakened out of sleep. So we see that God also sends uh, celestial beings to convey messages. Uh, we see that was the case with Zechariah when uh, the angel Gabriel came to speak to Zechariah about uh, John the Baptist, that they would have him as a son. And so uh, we see that that's how God communicates to true prophets. So the Lord speaks to people by visions, by dreams, face-to-face, -face, and through angels. Uh, notice God never uses a crystal ball. God doesn't use tarot cards. God doesn't use palm readings or tea leaf deciphering or stargazing. We were talking about astrology earlier. Um, or claiming to talk to someone from the dead. These are not God's methods of communicating with a prophet. So it's very important for us to, to note that. Right? God has specific ways to communicate with his people. And the ways that other people are going to, to find out about their future and to find out what is in store for their life, uh, good fortune and things like that, that is not God's method. And so we got to be aware of that. Uh, God has his chosen methods. Satan has his methods. And so uh, right off the bat, that should kind of give you a hint uh, from where that message is coming from uh, based on the, the medium by which it's conveyed. Uh, so. When somebody performs a miracle, is that evidence that they are a true prophet? Like when they, when they do a fantastic, uh, impossible uh, miracle that takes place or sign or wonder, is that definite evidence that they are a true prophet? What do you guys think? Okay. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Walt says um, Satan can do miracles. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Satan can do miracles. And so, uh, you know, that's, that doesn't mean that they're a true prophet just because they make a miracle take place, right? We see in Revelation chapter 16, verse 14, 
this is really important for us to take note because it's one thing for us to know this text, but it's going to really test us when our senses see what's taking place before our very eyes and we see the evidence before our eyes. Are we going to second guess what the Bible says? Uh, I hope not. I hope that we'll cling to what the Bible says. But let's take a look at what Revelation 16, 14 says. And uh, Jeff, um, oh, Jeff read. So Walt, would you mind reading this text for us? Revelation 16, 14. Okay. Walt, you're muted, so I don't know if you could hear us. There we go. Right. Okay, let's see. Uh, verse Revelation 6, verse 14. 16. The, Revelation. 16? Yeah, Revelation 16, verse 14. Oh. Okay, hold on. Fine. Got to research. That's fine. So again, our miracles, definite evidence of a true prophet. And we're going to see what is brought out here in this text. They are demonic spirits that perform signs and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Uh, so very clearly we see here, uh, here are these demonic spirits, spirits of devils, working miracles, aren't they? So very clearly, just because a miracle takes place does not, does not mean that it is a true prophet that is performing those miracles. We see that the devils and demonic spirits can also work miracles. And so we really need to be aware. Um, miracles are not proof that someone is a true prophet. Uh, they only prove one thing when you see a miracle take place, that they have a supernatural power behind them. No doubt about that. But supernatural power may come from either God or from Satan. And uh, that's why in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And so... We see that the devil's working to gather as many people to himself in these last days. And um, it's through these signs and wonders and miracles by which he seeks to achieve that. And so we need to be aware of that and we need to be on the alert uh, and not fall for every miracle and thinking that's from God. Uh, number seven uh, in our study guide, it says, what is the most important test of a prophet? I love the Bible. The Bible tells us and gives us several tests by which we can test any prophet to see whether they are a true prophet or a false prophet. And so these are several tests that we're going to go over. The first test is found in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. Uh, this is the most important test of a prophet. Um, and so what you want to do is you want to line up all these, te uh, these tests to someone who claims that they are a prophet of God. And you want to go through each of these tests and they must pass every one of those tests with flying colors. It's not enough for them to pass 90% uh, of that. It has to be a hundred percent or nothing. Okay. So let me just give you that for you to um, be aware of, but what is the most important test of a true prophet? Isaiah chapter eight, verse 20 tells us, to the law and to the testimony, 
if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So notice what it says. It says to the law and to the testimony. Uh, the law and the testimony is the Old Testament expression for the Bible. So in other words, a message from someone who claims to have a prophetic utterance from God must be compared with the Bible. If you're in agreement with that, say amen to that, because the Bible should be our source of, uh, of, of authenticating anything, uh, whether somebody claims that they are of God. Um, yes, Walt, give me a thumbs up. Very good. And um, Walt, you're also asking a question that says, how can we differentiate authenticity? Yeah, we'll go, th go through that in, the, in, this, uh, in these tests, okay? So uh, if the test, if, that, if we go through these tests and if it doesn't answer your question, Walt, please, you know, just uh, ask whatever specific question you may have at the end there. But we see that test number one is compare everything with the Bible. We must test the prophet by the Bible and not the Bible by the prophet. Okay, it's very important. We test the prophet by the Bible. Any true prophet of God will always agree 100% with scripture. This is the true test. If a prophet says, who claims to be from God says, you know, I got some new light that's not in the Bible. What are you gonna say? Are you gonna buy what he says? Can somebody claim that they have some uh, truth outside the Bible? No, absolutely not. It has to be from the Bible and the Bible only. Okay, and, and so no new light contradicts old light, right? So if they claim they have new light, but it contradicts the Bible, that is, you, you disregard that person. They are not a, a true prophet. Okay, so test number one, compare and test the prophet by the Bible. Test number two, what is the second test? We see it's found in 1 John 4, verse 2. 1 John 4, verse 2. We'll have Jeff read this for us. The second test of a prophet. All right. <clears throat> By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. That's right. So notice the test here. It says, know that every spirit that confesses that what that jesus christ is coming the flesh is of god so the second test is that a prophet of god must acknowledge and teach the truth that jesus christ uh, teach the truth that jesus christ came in human form he was god that came in human form so in other words true prophets must exalt Jesus and not themselves. And most false prophets, what, they, what, what big uh, motive that they have to be a prophet is that they will seek to draw attention away from God's word and to their own ideas and to gather a following to themselves. And that's very dangerous. Uh, we see examples of this with David Koresh and, and other people who have you know, drawn people away very charismatic speakers. They knew their Bible well, but they drew people away from the word to their own ideas. And that's dangerous. And uh, that's why we should never trust a man or woman or, or anyone that's a great preacher or teacher if they do not 
speak in harmony with the word of God, right? So, uh, you know, it really saddens me when I uh, ask people, you know, what do you believe? And people say, oh, I don't know, um, but you could talk to my pastor, you know, like, uh, or when they have, when I ask them a question, they don't know how to answer it. They say, uh, my pastor can answer that for you. You know, that it's very dangerous when you rely upon a pastor or, or, or a spiritual leader, however, you know, holy and, and pious and, and, and um, you know, good they are. You know, it's, it's very dangerous to put our soul um, trust in a person. We should put the trust in Jesus Christ himself and his word. And so it, that should be the, the sole um, focus for us. So true prophets will exalt Jesus. Uh, they will not contradict what Jesus said. They will not draw people away from God's word. They will elevate God's word. They'll put the focus and put, the God's, put God's word in its proper uh, a place where people will take heed to it. Um, so the third test of a prophet, uh, Matthew 7, verse 16, tells us how you can know uh, whether or not they are true or false prophets. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. And uh, is it Walt's turn to read? Yes. yes. Uh, and this is in red also, so yes. Jesus' word. Yes. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? That's right. Thank you. So Jesus says, you shall know them by their fruits. What does that mean? Uh, this does not mean that um, the prophet of God, right? Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about what, what Jesus just said. This is, you shall know them by their fruits. Jesus is saying that when you see the way that they live their life. Uh, you see the evidence of their character seen in accordance to the word of God. They're living by the word of God. They, they have evidence that the spirit of God is in them because they have that Christ-like character. They follow the word of God. Uh, they live their life according to the word of God. Um, and um, it's seen in kindness and good works and, and all these other things that are manifested as a result of that uh, connection with God. Uh, this doesn't mean that the prophet will be perfect um, or infallible, right? God's prophets always had faults. They were still human. Uh, they still had their limitations. However, there must be consistency between what, is, what true prophets teach and the lives that they live. So in other words, do they walk the talk or do they talk? <laughs> you know, they, do they practice what they preach? Do they uh, live according to the word of God or are they hypocrit hypocritical? You know, are they hypocrites? Um, you know, by their fruits, you will know them. So if their life is in accordance with the word of God and it's, and it's seen like as evidence that the Holy Spirit's working in their life, it'll be manifested in their fruits. And so that's how you can test whether or not they are a true prophet or not. Do they live according to the word of God and have that Christ-like character that is evidently seen? Uh, what is the fourth test of a prophet? Jeremiah 28, verse 9. Jeremiah 28, verse 9. Let's take a look there. And uh, Jeff, if you wouldn't mind reading that for us. 
Jeremiah 28, verse 9. This is the fourth test of a prophet. Okay. Gracie's going to read this one. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. As for the prophet who prophesies a peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. Amen. Thank you, Gracie. It says, when the word of the prophet shall come to what? Pass. Then shall a prophet be known that God has truly sent him. So the fourth test of a true prophet is that a true prophet will not make false predictions. If a prophet is of God, the things he or, she, he or she says will come to pass. Um, however, accuracy alone does not automatically qualify a person to be a true prophet. Um, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1 through 3, I really encourage you to read that because this is a, a one thing that we need to also not, uh, not be so quick to you know, assume. Uh, they, if they pass this test, the fourth test, that they made a prediction and it came to pass. Wow, they're a true prophet, right? Uh, hold on. Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3 gives us an exception. It says that um, false prophets can give signs that will come to pass, but then they use their influence to lead people to follow other gods. So you got to watch out. Uh, a true prophet must lead people to worship God according to the Bible, right? And so even the devil can actually make something happen, supposedly. Um, not that not that he uh, uh, has the power equal to God, but he could kind of make and orchestrate things to take place to make it seem like that prediction came to pass. And so, you know, you can't go by that alone. You have to go by, number one, if they make predictions that are true, but then also to check that, you got to make sure that they also are following everything according to the Bible and teaching everything according to the Bible, right? And so that's really important for us to bear in mind. So there's, there's um, those four tests. For someone to be a true prophet, they must pass every one of those tests with flying colors. The, to the law and to the testimony, they speak not according to this word. Uh, there's no light in them, right? So we need to test them according to the Bible. Number two, we need to um, see if they acknowledge Jesus and seek to draw people to Jesus and to God's word. Uh, number three, uh, they will um, have that character uh, that is of God, that God has, the spirit of God is in them. Uh, number four, uh, they whatever they predict will come to pass, uh, bearing in mind that they are also in line with the Bible. So those four tests are very important for us to test every prophet. Those these are biblical tests that you can uh, use to decipher and to determine whether or not a person is a true or false prophet. So I know that that will be very helpful for us. So. It's very important for us to keep those tests in mind. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, um, he mentions three things um, he, he, uh, in, in regarding prophecy. He commands us, to, in, when we run into somebody who claims to have the prophetic gift, he uh, gives us three things that we need to be mindful of. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21 uh, Walt, would you mind reading that for us? 
First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. And uh, let's see what Paul brings out regarding prophecy. And Walt, I... I don't know how to spell it, so it, it won't look. I can't get it. Look it up. How do you? Okay. Uh, Thessalonians 5, 2021. Um, oh, okay. I, was, I, I have a spelling uh, syntax here. Thessalonians. Hang on. So it's before First and Second Timothy, First and Second Thessalonians. So we're looking at First Thessalonians. Uh, Thessalonians five. At, what was it? Five. And then 20, what verse? 20, 21. 20 through 21. I got T H E S S A L O N. All right, I'm missing That's an it. I. There we go. Two S's? Yeah, two S's. Yeah. I, 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 I had a thing on it inverted. There we go. Um, do not, verse 20, uh, 5, 20 and 21. Let's see. Um, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Uh, thank you, Walt. Um, I like what your uh, translation, how it renders it. It says, do not hold prophecies in contempt. Um, prove all things or test all things and hold fast to what is good. So whenever somebody says that um, they have the gift of prophecy, don't immediately be quick to dismiss them and saying, oh, they're crazy. They're, they're psycho. You know, I don't want to listen to what they have to say. You know, another loony person, right? Don't, don't be so quick to, uh, you know, reject them. Paul says, don't despise prophecies. Don't reject the gift of prophecy, but prove them. We must test them. And those tests that we talked about, those four tests, we need to utilize those tests to see whether or not they are true prophets of God or not. And that's biblical. The Bible tells us that we should do that. Uh, we should not be so quick to dismiss people just because they, see, they seem to be uh, prophesying. Right? We want to follow what is good. We want to follow what is true. And the Bible gives us the test by which we can determine that, right? And so it's, if, you, if you follow what the Bible outlines clearly, and we, we compare those tests to those people who claim that they have that gift, we will be able to come to a, a determination or, of whether or not what they are saying is true or false, whether they should be regarded or disregarded. And so don't be afraid of that. Uh, number 12, whose counsel do we reject when we reject the words of a true prophet? Now, it's very important. Yeah, it's, it's important for us to reject false prophets. But, you know, can we, unbeknownst, reject to, true prophets? And what would be um, the problem if we do that? Uh, whose counsel are we rejecting when we reject the words of a true prophet? Uh, Luke chapter 28 through 30. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 7, verse 28 through 30. And Jeff, would you mind reading that for us? Chapter 7, verse 28 through 30. Okay. 
For I say to you, among these born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of God, or John, John. Mm -hmm. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. Uh, so notice what that text says that Jeff just read. Did you guys catch that? It says all the publicans and, the, and that heard him uh, got baptized, right? Um, but this says, but the Pharisees and lawyers reject the counsel of God, right? So... Here's John the Baptist. He is a representative of God. He was sent by God to bear this message. People were to take heed to that message and to get baptized. But we see that the Pharisees and lawyers, they rejected what John was saying. And so when they're rejecting what John was saying and his ministry, uh, who are they rejecting? They're rejecting, yeah. rejecting God. That's right. They're rejecting mm -hmm. the will of God. God sent John the Baptist for that specific message to be given to the people. John was doing that work that God called him to do. And when people who hear that message decides to reject that message, you're not rejecting John the Baptist, you're rejecting God. And so it's very important for us to, to realize that when God sends a true prophet, uh, we need to know, first of all, is he a true prophet? And if he is, number two, we need, are we going to take heed to what he says? Because if we don't, we are rejecting God. And so when we reject the words of a true prophet, we reject the counsel of God. That's a solemn thought. Uh, the Bible tells us to listen to God's prophets, and it promises all those who follow the counsel of a true prophet will prosper. Uh, if you look at Second Chronicles 20.20, 20, um, it says, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And so, uh, yes, we should believe in God, but we should also believe his prophets as well, uh, because they are uh, also sent by God. So, I hope that after our study today, we have a better understanding of the prophetic gift. We also uh, have an understanding of the tests of how we could determine whether or not someone is a true prophet or not. Um, and so I hope that this will help us to be equipped to know how to determine whether someone is a true or false prophet. Um, we see that there are people who are self-proclaimed prophets. They claim to be prophets on television. They claim to be prophets on uh, YouTube channels and things like that. And people, uh, you know, follow these people. But uh, we want to allow the word of God to be held above all those things. And if they are a true prophet, you will know it if the, what they speak is according to the word of God. And so since God still speaks to prophets and since true prophets words are the personal testimony of Jesus to us, how many of you today are willing to test the modern prophets by the Bible to follow the counsel of those who agree with scripture. If you decide to do that, okay, Jeff, just give me a thumbs up. Very good. Praise the Lord, Jeff. And uh, 
God bless you. And I, I pray that we will all do the same, where we'll test the prophets uh, through God's word. And by doing so, we will know who the true prophets are and who to take heed to. Especially in the last days, we know that there are prophets that are going to be around, both false and true. And um, I just want to um, mention, since we are, well, actually, let's just do that next time because we're running out of time. But uh, we'll go ahead and close with a word of prayer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this is informative. And I hope this is something that you can uh, take to heart. A very practical lesson today that we can uh, put into practice when we uh, face people who claim to have that prophetic gift. So let's have a word of prayer as we end our time together. And so if you wouldn't mind uh, pausing right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the study. Thank you for giving us what the Bible has outlined to us to determine your true prophets in these last days. Lord, we pray that you'll please uh, put a hedge of protection around us from the enemy who seeks to deceive and destroy. Lord, we know that your word is that safeguard. The scriptures are our safeguard in these times that we're living in. And we pray that we'll know the scriptures so well that we can determine what is true and what is false. Bless us now, Lord, as we uh, depart and as we seek to follow your will, may we also seek to follow those who are sent by you, your servants, the prophets, whoever they may be. Lord, we ask that you please give us guidance to determine whether or not they are of you. Thank you for being with us today, Lord. and Thank you for bringing us through another week. Guide us, O oh Lord. May our walk with you draw closer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this weekly podcast. If you like what you heard and you would like to get more resources like this, you can check out our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash BibleVision777. We also have a Facebook page, which you can check out, facebook.com forward slash BibleVision777. And if you'd like to contact us for questions or inquiries or special events, contact us at biblevision777 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day.